It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We gotta have some fun, show you how it's done, DGIF. Welcome to week number 178 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Hello there, Steve. Man, we've been recording in the morning uh, recently, and this is like a nice afternoon recording. I feel more awake. I feel like I've got some it's energy. A, it's a beautiful day outside. It's like in the, what, upper 50s or something? No, nah, dude, it's like almost 70. It's in the upper 60s. Um, but yeah, we are here. We are indoors. We are recording a podcast <laughs> for you, and uh, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, first, lots. let me say uh, thanks to Sad Face for the theme song this week. Thanks, sad face. If you I want hope, to send in your hope version, it's not serious. maybe it's a happy version of it. Uh, his was happy. Uh, email it to us, tgifcast at gmail.com. And make sure you're also subscribing on all social media at tgifcast. That's where we are. Um, so we've got a full week of episodes to talk about. These are going to be uh, brand new ones. We've never talked about them before, which is why we're talking about them today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these would have aired back when in 93. These episodes would have aired Friday, February 12th, 1993. Okay, so we do like to see what was going on in the world that week 30 years ago. And on, I hate to jump in because this is probably going to mess up your thing. But uh, February 7th, 1993, uh, a pretty big record came out, album. And uh, got a feeling it's probably number one for a long time. Well, it's not yet. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's one album that I see on the list that kind of hits number one around May. One song that maybe is what you're talking about, but nothing. The self-titled album from Carmen Electra came out on February 7th, <laughs> 1993. Not, not number one next week. I don't think you have to worry about that messing up my uh, my song thing. I don't think I've ever heard any song from her album. I think I kind of remember maybe Dennis Rodman's in a music video, of, maybe. That makes sense. That could he be was a in thing. A lot of music videos. Um, but yeah, that came out. Go listen to it. Don't know if it's on Spotify or Apple Music or anything, but uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now. And then uh, tell us number two. Yeah, February tenth, nineteen ninety three. 90 million viewers turned into Oprah to watch uh, this interview. Any guesses? What's uh, Oprah 93? Uh, 90 million people had a 39.3 rating, a 56 share. Middle of the day. Mike Tyson? Michael Jackson was on the Oprah Winfrey show. 90 million people. Carmen Electra has a number of albums that are on iTunes. All right, I'm listening to which, that. Which later. one you said that her? It's called Carmen Electra. Yeah, self-titled. I, well, I don't. So I don't see. Don't, I don't see, don't that, see that one. On iTunes, mm. But there's a number of other Carmen Electra. Let me confirm this real quick. Carmen Electra released their self-titled debut album, Carmen Electra. That's what it says. Um, no. It's a single one. That's definitely not it. All right. So, so yeah, since, since I don't, Carmen, I don't see that album. Since Carmen was not number one, what was number one for uh, number song song for the? Uh... Oh, nothing new. It's still Whitney Houston. All right. Movies. We got a few more weeks left. I will always love you when he's a new movie. 
Loaded Weapon One, starring Amelia Westavez, Samuel Jackson, Kathy Ireland, Tim Curry, William Shatner, with tons and tons of cameos and other fun people in it. No Liam Neeson. So this was the. uh, I don't know why I thought he was in that. No, you're thinking Naked Gun. So this is along the same lines. This is this is you know National Lampoon Loaded Weapon One. This is the spoof movie for all the like buddy cop action movies. The Lethal Weapons, uh, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, all that. I don't know. this was never my favorite genre of film, so I don't. I know. love was, them. I love them. Yeah, you might like this one. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't pay attention to a lot of it just because I don't. It's just not my spaceballs. You spaceballs fan? Spaceballs, yeah, but that's I don't know. I find that that's different. That's like more. It's like, one movie, pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah, than a genre. And yeah, yeah. I and and a lot of a lot of the like National Lampoon spoof movies, I just find are so. Like they're just so all over the place. Like it's, and that's the point, right? I mean, that's what they're trying to do. But it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to like get interested when there's like one non sequitur joke here, another non sequitur joke here, and a little bit of storyline, non sequitur, non sequitur storyline. Like I don't know. It's hard for me to. I never, I never got it. It was not my sense of humor. I'll give it a shot. Uh, any I bet birthdays, like birthdays this like week. It. We do. We do have one birthday. Uh, Wednesday. Excuse me. Tuesday, February seventh. Tina Majorino. So Sophie from uh, Camp Wilder. Happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday, Sophie. And of course, she was also in in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. And I was upset. Did you see they announced that? So Napoleon, like the dudes from Napoleon Dynamite, are going on tour and doing like a Q and A, and then you watch the movie with them, and it's coming yeah. to Richmond. Why are you upset? Frustra- well, I was frustrated that she's not part of it. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, because if she was, I would definitely have gone. We get but, uh, we get Uncle Rico, we get Pedro, and we get Napoleon instead. I mean, three very relevant people, but I want a Tina, um, not the llama, not the llama Tina, but Tina Majorino. I think uh, that's everything. You want to get into some episodes? I'm ready. Eight o'clock, Family Matters, season four, episode seventeen. Heartstrings is the name of the episode. And of course, I'm very excited. We've got a Valentine's Day episode, and this is not the yeah. only one either for this couple one. of them. Kind of all of them, really. Uh, these two are, yeah, I would say the first two are specifically call out Valentine's Day. The last two. The other ones are, are love, love relationship centric yeah. for sure. Um, uh, all right. So we've got uh, Richie in the kitchen. Uh, that girl Gwendolyn, who I don't remember whose daughter she is or whatever. She, the neighbor, neighbor's daughter. That's right. Uh, she comes in. Uh, Richie's like, I'm going to the basement. I'm going spider hunting. It's a man thing. You don't know what's up with it. And then Gwendolyn's like, well, I want you to be my Valentine because it's a girl thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's like, no, I just want to go spider hunting. Steve comes over and. Uh, well, he's what he says is he says, why? Like, she's like, we be my Valentine. He's like, Why? <laughs> why? So he like leaves the room and then Steve comes over and she's like calling him Mr. Urkel and yeah. Steve really likes it. And she's like, I need some uh, some romantic advice, I think is what she says. She does. Um, uh, well, Steve's looking for Laura. We got to throw that out there. Can't find yeah. her anywhere. He's like, maybe she's just pretending to be not be here. So I don't find her or something. <laughs> but Gwendolyn is like, I need some advice. It's with Richie. And uh He's she's like worried that there might be another woman, and Steve's like, no, that's not it. Don't worry about that. But here's what I'll do: I will get you and Richie together. He's already made a promise right before the theme even comes on. Um, I just want to note real quick: this entire time, there's this like power wheel sitting in the middle of the kitchen for no reason. Steve slips on it, 
but it just seemed weird and out of place. And it comes back at the end of the episode, but it's like, yeah, I guess it's only in the like why? intro and the outro, right? Like it's not in the yeah. regular part of the episode. It's very strange, very strange. But is this this power wheel here in the kitchen? This was already there before Gwendolyn came over, right? Right, right. Which, yeah. is, which is why the end makes very little sense compared to the beginning. It, it's a, it's all strange. So I, I was assuming it's Richie's power wheel, but maybe it's not. Um, well, uh, yeah. Anyways, while this whole conversation is going on with Steve and uh, Gwendolyn, Laura comes by. She sneaks out behind uh, Steve, gets out the back door. Um, and Steve's like telling Gwendolyn how it's impossible to get one over on old Mr. Urkel and lures out the door at that point. Yeah. Yeah. She like, here's, here's him talking all this stuff. And she's like, I, I want nothing to do with this. So we get our theme. We come back. It's a little later now. Carl and Harriet are getting home from a date and, uh, we find out that, uh, it didn't go so well for Harriet at least. And Carl thinks that Harriet was being a little too loud in that restaurant because all she did was keep complaining about where she was sitting. First, it was too close to the door. Then it was too close to the bathrooms. Then it was next to a guy who was smoking a cigar who she actually put his cigar out in his soup at this point, too. Yeah, she basically made a scene and he was embarrassed. Yeah, we also get a cool little shot of uh, Carl's takeout. I guess he brought his food home. Oh, right, right. It came in this awesome like takeout container that they put aluminum foil over top of it and then created the aluminum foil into a nice swan, which I thought was very nice. That's very, it, yeah, it's a thing. Are you thinking it's it Chinese thing. takeout? Oh, no, 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 no. This is like hot. This, this was like a St. Josephine's. For, well, I hope it's not Shea Josephine's because that's their favorite restaurant. And it sounds like they're not going to be able to go back to the restaurant they were at. But no, this is like high end restaurant. This was like a thing, I think, back in the 90s where See, I was just thinking were... the shape of the takeout container made me think Chinese. No, not even not, the not, swan. No, no, no. I think that this is just I think it was a nice restaurant. OK, um, they do have nice Chinese restaurants in case you didn't know that. No, no, no. I, I know that. But but you made it sound like a Chinese takeout restaurant. I'm like, and I think it's I think it's a more of a obviously it's a sit down restaurant, but um, I think it's more high end. So Harriet's. A little upset, though, because she feels that Carl needs to support her more, especially when she's upset about things. That's kind right. of where we set up this intro. That is, although I'm not sure if this is that that kind of situation, but whatever. Um, A little later, we've got Carl and Harriet once again. This time they're in the kitchen. Still bickering. He's giving her a hard time about it now, too. Like, oh, you want to change tables? He keeps saying. I think they're both. I think they're both still at each other yeah i mean he definitely he definitely is the one that kind of instigates in this particular scene but i think they're both at each other right now uh while they're arguing steve comes over and um in the middle of the argument he's kind of like standing in the middle uh laura comes down they go out of the room steve's still in there and she's crying and we find out that um her and ted had a terrible fight and it looks like the two of them are at least taking a break they've broken up for the time being i mean she says they're breaking up yeah they broke up um is that are we done with ted we get ted back again we were we were done with ted a couple episodes ago oh ted's done i think the concert episode was maybe his last appearance okay no more ted um steve like reaches out uh for a hug to like consult uh is that the right word what what is that comfort console yeah that's right yeah got it um she accepts it and like goes into his arms and he's holding her and then she he kind of just like looks up almost to the camera and just like gives a nice little like cheering smile like he's so happy and she backs up and he reaches out for her again and um i think at this point i can't remember if he asks her or if she's like 
there's something valentine's is brought up at this point because she doesn't have a date steve's like oh well you could go out with me is that what happened that's not not yet we don't get there yet we don't get there no we're not there yet no because that's the next scene where she's in the kitchen doing her homework and he shows up dressed dressed up oh that's right so this part um this pretty much is done this is he's comforting her she's comfort you know she's crying he's like don't worry blah blah and so then cut to commercial and we come back and it's later Laura's, Laura's in the, in the kitchen, kitchen, and this doing, is where doing some homework. Yeah. Steve comes in the back door, and he has um, a giant heart present, like real giant, like this, like can barely get in the door. Uh, yeah, it I was like, it's at least six feet by six feet, at least. Yeah. Um. So she opens up the present. It looks like a box of chocolates or whatever. She opens mm-hmm. it. His head's poking through the other side. He's like, like one, one of the, the chocolates. chocolates. Yeah. yeah. I think she said, what does he call it? Like, a, a you want to pick the nutty one in the middle or something like that? <laughs> something like that. Um, and then uh, this is where he asks her to be her Valentine after he's taken it off his head and set it on the kitchen right. floor. Right, and right. She turns him down at first, but then she's like, you know what? Fine. One condition, though. No kissing. That's the, that's her only condition. <laughs> that's a pretty, that's pretty, I don't know, basic condition. But yeah. Whatever. Um. And then they both say happy Valentine's Day to each other and smile. And it looks like this is friendly. Gonna happen. Something's gonna happen at least. Now that she's single, she's got Myrna, 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 Myrna in the back of her mind to worry about. Uh, a little later, we've got uh, Steve setting up this uh, candlelight dinner. I thought maybe at first it was for her, he and Laura, but too. then yep. we see the little chairs and the little table. We see Richie come downstairs. He's wearing a suit. Um, Steve tells him that his waiter will be right with him. Eddie comes in dressed as a, a waiter and, uh, Richie is sat down at the table and, uh, he's a little confused, I guess. He doesn't really know exactly what's going on. Well, right. Steve is not giving him the full scope of what, what's up. Yep. Then someone arrives at the door. Steve answers it. Of course it is Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. She's there for her, uh, for her date. She, uh, he, uh, Eddie takes her over to the other seat at the table and uh, Richie still wants to know what's going on. Uh, Gwendolyn hands him a card at this point, like a Valentine's Day card. And Richie's like, uh, if it's that big of a deal to you, okay, I'll be your Valentine. But he also, there's also this concession where he's like, I just don't want to do all the all the lovey-dovey stuff. And she's like, oh, okay. And so he's like, let's go watch cartoons. And that's what yep. they end up doing. Off to cartoons they go. Uh, we then go back upstairs to check in on uh, Harriet, who is in bed. Carl comes in, he's got his robe on, he's got his flowers and his candy, and he offers an apology to uh, Harriet. I feel like he's been apologizing a lot, like, in episodes recently. Like, it seems like something he's apologizing for every episode. Yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of that marital, you know, I don't know, argues, arguments. So then uh, Carl asks Harriet to be his valentine. And then uh, you get a pan, like, outside shot of the house. You see the lights go off in their bedroom. And then you hear Carl's voice. I'll take that as a yes. And then that's the end of the episode, except for our uh, <laughs> bonus credit scene. Pretty quick one, it seems like. So uh, after the credits, though, we do have Richie in the living room playing with some toys. We hear, like, a beep noise coming from outside. Richie opens the door. And then this is where Gwendolyn rides in on that power wheel. I think right, the same one from the beginning part. of the episode, right? It looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confusing. Unless they both have matching power wheels, which, I mean, I guess is possible. But um, this this is weird. She, like, she rides over. He walks over to the passenger seat. He pulls a boom box out of the passenger seat. Set, uh, she takes it from him, sets it on the hood of the power wheel. And then... Um, 
starts uh, having a dance battle right in the middle of the uh, living room. Uh, Richie goes at it first. She joins in. They do a little duet dance. And then a slow song comes on. And uh, Gwendolyn's like, you want to dance? And Richie says, in your dreams, babe. And then hops in the power wheel (laughs) and rides off into the kitchen. Or maybe outside. I don't know which direction he was riding. I think it was in the kitchen. Richie's underutilized. (laughs) You like Richie a lot? I do. I do. But I mean... You know, his time's coming. Everyone's all the young people's time is coming because it's not the it's not the Richie show. It's not the Richie show. Um, so yeah, that's Family Matters. Next up, we've got a step by step season two, episode seventeen, Love Port Washington style is the name of this episode, and uh, it starts off. We've got Dana. She's on the phone with uh, Alan, some boy in the kitchen, and uh, some boyfriend we have we have never met. Yep, and then like we hear kind of like a little bit of an argument kind of thing. She's like, "Oh, I'm not mad." And then he hangs up or she hangs up on him. <laughs> and I guess Co- this is where Cody comes in too at the same point, right? Right, right, right. So they you hear them kind of breaking up on the phone. She's like, "Well, can you hear this?" and hangs up the phone on him. That's right. And another then- another breakup to kick off the episode. Cody comes in and gives kind of the Forrest Gump speech where he's like, "You know, it's dating's like a box of chocolates. You got to try all of them." And What well, year did Forrest Gump come out? I was going to look that up, but I didn't. Ooh, if I had to guess, if I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a guess out there, I'm gonna say 1994. Oh, af- after this, though. 93. Yeah, 94 is right. So this 94. is where Forrest Gump stole that quote from. Maybe I, you know I, I quoted that because it was from Forrest Gump. I don't know if Cody says that exactly, but no, I wrote the, down what he said. He wrote down. Um, I mean, no, he's very just, much a box of chocolate. Yeah, he metaphor. says like dating is like a box of chocolates, and one right. one day you'll find Mister Buttercream is what. Uh, and then Dana, in her bad mood, says, "I hate buttercream." So. Yeah, and then he's like, "You're no fun. No wonder that guy dumped you." <laughs> There's a lot of that in this episode where it was like, "Why would anyone date you? You're you're a miserable person." Much like Melissa in in many episodes of Camp Wilder. I also wrote down this scene um, that she got broken up to right before a big Valentine's Day event that was going on in the city. Yes. And also dance. that um, she feels dating is men's way of tormenting and confusing women, which kind of plays a role throughout this episode, I guess. Right, right, right. All right. So that's all before the theme. We come back after the theme. We've got JT. He's getting home um, uh, to his mom and dad making out in the living room. They're just standing right in front of the door right at the time kids come home from school, I guess, because why not? They yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, JT asks for 300 bucks because he wants to uh, get this stretch limo that he promised for Valentine's Day for his date. His dad, of course, is like, yeah, no way. Get out of here. Did, do you, did he think that that was going to happen? Like, do you think he's just going to roll home and ask Frank for 300 bucks? And Frank's going to be like, makes sense to me. Here you go. <laughs> like, what? what's the strategy there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But he goes in the kitchen. Not gonna uh, dwell on, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bad plan, JT. Yeah, JT goes in the kitchen where Cody's in there, and he's like talking to him about the limo thing. He's mad that his dad won't give him 300 bucks because uh, he tells him that Marsha Morrison, um, she promised him a night that he would never forget if uh, he gets this limo. Sure. And then Cody's like, uh, well, wait a minute. I have an idea. I have this friend who said that if I drive it, I can get a limo for 50 bucks is what he said, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, his friend has the limo and Cody said, his friend told him that if Cody drove, yeah, exactly what he said. They could get it for 50 bucks. So then he also comes with this plan like, all right, I can, like Cody doesn't even have, or JT doesn't even have 50 bucks. So the new plan is he'll (laughs) drive JT and Marsha to the dance and then 
is the plan to rent it out to other people and make money? Yeah, that yeah, way? yeah, yeah. The plan is to like rent it to other kids at the dance or like, you know, take JT at seven and then pick up like Joe Bob at 730. That kind of deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, you would think that he'd make a ton of money if other places are it's charging a, it's $300. Great he could probably charge, I mean, 250 and save 50 bucks and then make the money back and then make money yeah. on the side too. That's it's a good plan. Do. So that's going to maybe do something later. So now we go back to uh, Frank and Dana in the kitchen. And Dana is telling uh, Frank that she hates Valentine's Day. Al comes down. She's got uh, a dress in one hand and overalls in the other hand. She needs some help trying to decide what to wear to the dance. Carol told her to wear the dress. Frank says wear the dress. And that's set up. And at the same time, too, like everyone's making fun of Dana for getting dumped. Yeah, and basically just talking about how miserable she is. So. Um, and then uh, Carol comes back in. Um, she needs some help in the salon. Some help. She needs Frank to help her shampoo some ladies because uh, she's low on staff. Two people called out, and uh, it's really busy in there. We've done this. We've done this. this Have we? I mean, it, it, it turns out differently, but it's very comparable this, to the top. Did we have an episode when where, JT? Like, oh, when JT like, that's right. And all the women the love washer. him, like shampooing. That's yes. Right. I was. Yeah. I was thinking. I mean, like, is that going to happen here? Different, but but yeah. not that different. So we then go a little later. We're in the salon. Um, Carol is making Frank do other stuff now too because uh, she's that busy. Like shampooing's not enough. She's like, go take stuff way this over his lady's head. foil out of her hair and then dye some yeah. kind of crazy stuff. Like he's trying to help. Uh, the phone rings. He can't answer it, but uh, he's running around. And then uh, the camera zooms into like this timer on the table because Carol had told her to take tell him, him to take uh, this woman's foil out of her hair at the certain time and he has not been able to do that because he's been so busy doing other stuff maybe she shouldn't have fired penny and ivy did she fire them her, is that her mom and her sister they're not there anymore yeah figured they but, and it looks like the the it looks like the salon has got an upgrade and is i mean obviously it's doing well there was like 50 people in there yeah um so we then go to the next scene where we confirm that frank has forgot to take the foil out of this lady's hair and he starts to take it out. And as he does, a giant chunk of hair comes out. And uh, her hair is falling out of her head now because it was left in too long. Yep. But Frank didn't know what he was doing. It's not his fault. Oh, it's definitely not his fault. Uh, commercial break, we come back to uh, Frank trying to uh, hide this chunk of hair that's missing from this lady's head. Um, he calls- But also at the same time asking Carol for help to... Yeah next step he eventually calls carol over she freaks out um takes him into the kitchen and uh starts yelling at him and then she's like well he tells carol that it might be okay she might even like it and then you hear this (laughs) scream from the salon after she eventually looks into the mirror i guess right realize what's going on yep so uh then we go to a scene with uh karen she's getting ready for valentine's uh are they all going to the same dance? They're not all the same school, are they? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a city dance. This okay. isn't a school dance. This is like the Port Washington, um, whatever, Valentine's Day shindig. So Karen's getting ready for it. Frank's on the phone with the uh, hair product company trying to complain <laughs> like they're going to do something. Yeah, I like that strategy. Um, Al asks Frank, uh, she has a serious question because this boy Danny that she's going on a date with tonight he uh, might try to kiss her at the end of the night, and she doesn't know what to do. And she asks her dad, but Karen comes over, and she's like, this is something I should help with. And then she's got a couple of ideas. But not the him. kissing part. Well, the reason that the reason that she comes over to help is because 
Al's like, this boy, he, I think he wants to kiss me. She's like, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to kiss him, but I also don't want to lose him. I think, he, you know, I like him. And, you know, how do I, what do I do here? And then Karen's like, look, I have spent my entire career learning how to avoid, you know, kissing by stringing guys along. Let me tell you how you do this. So she gives you like two steps, right? Like the first part's like, be honest is what she said. I missed that part. And then the second step is the great escape. And this is where you like get them to the door and then you like pretend mm-hmm. like you got to use the bathroom or something. Just run in the house. Well, like the food that you had at dinner is upset your stomach and you've got to like run inside right yeah. then and there. So that's her advice, right? Right. Right. Uh, next scene. We're at uh, Dana's uh, 50s cafe. Dana's there all alone. She's cleaning some tables. There is a cook in the back that comes out and asks if they can close early since there's no customers at all there. They're all at the dance down the street. And she tells him no. I'm surprised that there's no one there, given it's Valentine's Day, and that there's a dance. You would think that like people. I mean, would be it, might, there, it might be like ten o'clock or something, though. We don't know what time it is, right? Know. Seems weird to me, but whatever. Um, she tells him no. We can't close early, and then uh, he calls her out for getting dumped, like everyone else was doing earlier in the episode. <laughs> right, right. And then this boy comes in. Um, do we do we know where he's from? Anything? He's a he, so a lot of these people were in all kinds of stuff, but nothing nothing relevant to us. Nothing no. of, of like oh, you know what? This guy's not Jared Leto or anything. No, the the, the guy that the guy that is somewhat somewhat uh, notable is is at the end of the episode. I don't okay. think I think this guy this guy's in stuff, but nothing nothing. Crazy. So this guy comes in. He's all alone. He gets a table. He seems nice and like he's like the hot kid boy, I guess, kind of innocent, and then. Uh, Dana uh, starts attacking him immediately, like uh, <laughs> calling him out just for like being a man and being there in general, like blames him for her miserable day. That she's Are you having. not going to mention the menu, the menu thing that they do here? I don't know the menu thing. I oh, this. my God. I laughed out loud. So he sits down and, and I, I don't know how many times they had to do this. I don't know. I would love to have been in the audience for this, but um, Dana throws the menu at him like like Frisbee style. And it is a perfect like horizontal like spinning and smacks them right in the middle of the face <sighs> i must have been writing when that happened or something perfect perfect um just execution of this like really simple gag i loved it i thought it was hilarious so we find out here too that this okay, guy so real quick real quick i was wrong about this guy he's been in nothing else except for step by step oh okay or but he has been in a few episodes of step by step he might have done some commercials or something let's see he was in two episodes in season one he was party guest and guy number two, uh, and now he's Eric. So he might just be like a cast or a crew member's kid or something like that. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, we do find out that this guy was also dumped on Valentine's, and uh, they start talking. They have this connection immediately. She asks him if she can sit down at his table, and then uh, he asks her when she's off work, and then uh, she's like, now, Tom, closing early, let's go. So... <laughs> So the, I did a little bit of research while you're yeah, talking. Yeah. Uh, he does have the same last name as one of the writers for this episode. I wonder if that's a coincidence or not. It might be. So next scene, we've got JT. He's leaving this dance with uh, Marsha. The limo's there. Um, what? Did the, oh, she says that she's starting to feel a little romantic, I think is what she says, right? No, I don't think. I think that she is. She does not seem as interested or as like. No, she does. No, I wrote place. this. Says she feels romantic when she walks out of the door. Did she? Yeah. Uh, um, I got the impression that they were not on the same page. I think they were like, on the same page until the door of this okay. limo opens up. Well, right, right. Because uh, Cody tells JT, you got a little bit of a problem. All the kids are still inside. They open it up. 
Mark's in there, Brendan's in there, a bunch of other kids are in there. They're like shooting silly string all over the place. And yeah, being uh, kids in a limo, good for them. Yeah, and uh, I think Mar- Mark says, "Is this the girl that was going to be all over you like a tent?" And then she flips out. She like calls JT. Well, and Brendan, like, or Brendan and Mark both come out and both both call JT out here. Yeah, while they're like sticking their heads out of the sunroof of the limo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she calls him a low life scum. Gets out of there, and poor JT is not going to get the night he'll never forget after all. I this will say JT was was uh, shooting up here. This is Kelly Packard who was on like. I don't know, two, three seasons of Baywatch. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I recognize he that knew, name. Yeah, yeah, sure. He knew what he was doing. Um, all right. So, yeah, he's stuck. He doesn't get what he wants. Uh, next scene, we've got Frank on the couch with uh, is this the same pizza guy from another episode? No, but this, this isn't pizza like guy, their normal pizza guy that comes over. No, different, different person, different person. But this pizza guy you might recognize from um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Okay. He was one of the guys, he was one of the kids in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So Frank's on there three, just hanging three, out. Three, 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 he's three, just three hanging warriors. out with the pizza guy. I guess he's not going. This shows that he did not go anywhere with Carol and Valentine's. He ordered his own pizza. So the two of them are just talking. Uh, Frank mentions that he misses Carol. And then Carol comes home. And uh, she's still mad at him for all this uh, salon stuff that went on. I, I disagree. I think that she is not mad at him. No? No. I think so. She comes home and she's like, I went and talked to the girl's parents. They were you know, obviously upset. I calmed him down and Frank's like, well, I want an apology. I think you owe me an apology. This is not fair. It's not my fault. And she's like, I'm getting there, Frank. And then she, she like, so she didn't come, she didn't come in with the intention of being upset. Like Frank, I think she came in with the intention of apologizing. I don't think she's happy about apologizing because, but then Frank's reaction is what like made her like get upset, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. And I think it's just generally a frustrating situation and it's hard to kind of, it's difficult for her to bring herself down in this situation. But yeah. eventually she does apologize though. And she says yeah. she wants to make it up to him. And, uh, I don't remember. I don't know if he said this or she said this, but, uh, it's Valentine's day. The house is empty. And then, uh, Dana and this other guy get home. Right. This guy, Eric from the, yeah, for, yeah. Not a different guy. The same guy that was uh, a scene <laughs> or two ago. So they for, get home. Uh, they kiss right on the son. front porch. Uh, he tells her bye. And then uh, Dana has completely changed because she now says, aren't men wonderful? Aren't men wonderful? And then that's the end of the episode. And then I know during the credits we get another scene in the salon. Mine got cut off. I don't know what all yeah, happens. Yeah, no, there. no. So this girl walks in and she's like, hey, my friend got her hair cut by you. Uh, <laughs> and she loved it. And and I want to, can you do the same thing for me? And, oh, that's and funny. Carol's trying to figure out who she's talking about. And she's like, yeah, it was she, no, the one with the bald spot. She's like, can you do that for me? Everybody wants a ball spot. It's the coolest thing in school right now. That's and funny. Carol's like, uh, and Frank's like, I got this. And he takes her over and starts to putting know. some foil in her hair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nice. All right. So uh, then we got nine o'clock dinosaurs season three, episode 15 uh, steroids together. Is that what? It, no, steroids to heaven is the name of the episode. Steroids heaven, right. Stairway steroids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robbie and Sophie are at school. Not Sophie. Spike. Jeez, I'm trying to skip ahead to Camp Wilder or yeah, Camp Wilder already. Camp Wilder. Robbie and Spike are at school and uh they're talking about this girl, Caroline, and uh I think Robbie likes her, right? Robbie likes her. He's you know, she doesn't seem that interested in him, although they do seem friendly. Uh and then him and Spike are talking like, What do I do, Spike? What do I do? And Spike's like, ask her to this dance. Go go ask her now while she's here. Yeah, and it seems like Robbie's going to go do that. He, like, starts going over that way. But then this other <laughs> giant dinosaur named Dolph walks by, and we find out Caroline 
has a crush on Dolph, like this and, yeah. big Jack. And Dolph's like, like you said, like this big, yeah, exactly, this big Jack dude. Um, and then uh, she talks to Robbie and like immediately puts Robbie into the friend zone. Like this is not going to happen. It doesn't seem like. She, well, yeah, she's like, I'm so glad I have a friend like you to be able to, because she says how much she likes Dolph. She's like, oh, don't tell him that. And she's like, I'm so glad I have a friend like you who I can trust to tell things like that. Yeah, so then we're back at the house. Uh, Robbie's now asking Charlene for uh, some advice. Well, he asks her, what does she look for in a guy? And she starts to describe like uh, like kind of like a muscular dude, right, at first? Yeah, she's like, I want a, a guy with muscles, with like a ripped shirt. I want him to look like he's from one of those zip code shows. Yeah, like, and as she's say, uh, saying all this, she quickly realizes, dimples. wait a minute. Robbie, you feel inadequate. This is just because you don't feel good about yourself. And then uh, kind of calls him out for, I don't know what the heck I wrote here. Fill in. Hmm, who knows? I don't know. Uh, so then, oh, I just didn't take a lot of notes. I was saying, I was going to say, Travis, fill me in. Whatever, what else happens in this scene? With that, her, I mean, that's it. That's what she, okay. that's what she says. And then Earl, and then, um, Earl's you know, talking and to then Robbie in the next scene, right? Earl, well, Earl and Fran come in and Fran's like, you know, they got girls. Some girls want a guy who will treat them with respect, funny, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Earl's like, no, you need to be a big guy. Girls want big guys. And that's when Fran kind of like says, all right, you need to deal with this then and, and kind of get him in the right spot. Uh-huh. And then uh, Earl takes uh, Robbie to show him uh, a couple things. Your, First, uh, right. a couple pictures, right? First, right, it's right, like right. a picture exactly. of Earl pic- in, in his yearbook, uh, soft, right. sophomore year of high school. And uh, he, I mean, he looks nothing like the same. He looks like a little tiny, skinny dinosaur. No. Super skinny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, this is like those old, like, kind of, I, I, you see a lot of these in, like, jokes situations, but, like, the old comic book ads where it's, like, the really skinny guy, and then he gets sand kicked on him by the big guy, and then he, you know, orders away for something and comes back, and now he's, like, super big and buff and kicks, you know, beats up the big guy. Yeah, and Earl's like, I mean, I was tiny, but uh, then I started lifting weights, and then he shows him a picture, like, after lifting weights, and he's, like, super buff, like, Earl at this point. Like, Mr. America, super buff. Super buff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Earl is going to teach uh, Robbie his ways of uh, working out, lifting weights to get him in the shape that he wants to be so he can get all the girls. Yep. So a cue to training montage. Yep, training montage. Uh, we get a f- we go through like a few days. It's like push up. It's a few and, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, weeks later, they're looking at the results, and there really are no results. He measures his bicep. He even lies that it went up a quarter of an inch, but <laughs> actually didn't even go up that far. And Earl says, "You got to keep working. Something like this will take four to five years to do." Right. I mean, then he's not wrong. You know, you're not going to see much difference after a couple weeks. Um, so now we're at school. Uh, Robbie tells Spike that he quits trying to get Caroline. He's not doing this workout thing. He doesn't have that much time. He doesn't have four to five years. And Spike tells Robbie, well, other guys have these thornoid things. Specifically Dolph has these thornoids. Yep. And Robbie then, uh, watches Dolph go over to his locker, open this little box. And they're almost like the, that movie critters, right? Oh yeah. Very much like critters. Um, little like golf ball size monsters with teeth. Yeah, they're talking to him while he's opening the box, and uh, Dolph throws one in his mouth, and uh, that's how apparently Dolph's getting all big. He's eating these yep. thornoids, and um, then Robbie tries to get into the locker. Are we there already? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. once he once once Dolph walks away, Robbie right. tries to go. And the way the way Dolph got it, Dolph got into the locker was like going up it, right? and smacking it and it popping open. Um, and so Robbie does that. Robbie right? tries that doesn't work. Robbie tries other things, and eventually it's like in the middle of the night and he's prying it open with a crowbar. Yep, he does uh, get it open though, and uh, I think he too right now eats one of the thornoids. Exactly. So next scene, we're back at the house. Uh, it's breakfast time. Fran's feeding baby. Uh, I think he throws his spoon behind the refrigerator at this point. And then Robbie comes downstairs. And Robbie, if this is the next day, has instantly turned like super buff. Like like the picture yeah. of his dad from when he was in high school. If not bigger. And and we kind of find out throughout the show that these Thornoids are very fast acting and very fast, you know, releasing, I guess, too. Yeah, he uh, Robbie not just looks big. He goes over, lifts the refrigerator off the ground, and moves it to get baby spoon from behind it. And uh, Earl thinks that his workouts that he was doing with Robbie have worked that fast, and that's the reason why Robbie's so big. I mean, what else is he gonna think, right? And do we kind of get the like attitude at this point too from Robbie? Not, not yet. Not not bad attitude. He is getting no roid rage yet. Not yet. He is he is getting cocky though. Um. So yeah, so he moves the he moves the fridge and then leaves. And then the funny part is Earl's like, well, I guess the you know if the, if the student can do it, the teacher can, and he can't he can't move. No, he can't move that fridge back. So the next scene, we're uh, we're at back at the school. Robbie goes over to Caroline, and he's acting cocky here for sure. Um, asks her to the dance, and we find out Dolph was like mid sentence trying to ask her to the dance, but he could. well, Dolph was like mid thought. Dolph was having trouble getting his words out. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know about Midson. Midson is like, hey. I feel like he got his like first Robbie four words in. out, and then Robbie jumped in, and he tried to finish. I don't well, know. but Dolph is, Dolph is trying to think about what his words even are. Like, Dolph is so dumb that he yeah. can't articulate his thoughts, and that's when Robbie steps in. Um, Yeah, so Dolph's trying to ask her the dance. Robbie asks her to the dance, and then uh, Robbie ends up uh, punching Dolph and uh, asking her out right yeah and then yeah, and yeah. then uh i does she say yes here i can't remember i don't know if she says yes or not i didn't write down that she did or not I all either. i wrote down is that he eats another th- thornoid yep that's what i wrote down goes back to the locker eats another thornoid and uh then runs into spike and spike calls him out for taking thornoids like he can tell already well because robbie is starting to get these spikes on his body that are a side effect of thornoids even though i don't know why Dolph doesn't have them but he calls him out for having these spikes so next scene, we're back at the house. Uh, Robbie wants to get into the bathroom to get ready for the dance. And uh, Charlene's in there like washing her clothes in the sink or something. Is that her what she's underwear. doing? Washing her underwear in the sink. He yep. busts in. Uh, she gets mad. He rips the sink out of the ground, throws it in the hallway. This is the rage. This is the roid rage. Yeah. Out. And then starts like posing in the mirror. And as he's posing, he also starts to see these uh, thorns popping up in different places like uh, yeah like all over his body at this point yeah so next scene we're down in the kitchen earl is asking robbie to uh, help him move the fridge back to where it was and this is where robbie really starts to like show that he's got this like roid rage craziness going on where he starts like right. threatening his family and uh really just having a bad attitude yeah yeah this is i mean this is the extreme part of it yep uh, okay. Next scene, we're back. At the, we're at the dance now. Robbie and uh, I wrote Charlene. That's not right though. Caroline, right? Robbie and Caroline are leaving. They like go into the hallway. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Much and, like JT and, and his date were leaving. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Caroline, um, she's starting to get scared by Robbie and really doesn't want him around anymore. She's well, thinking, what we find out is that they're leaving partly because Robbie was being a jerk to everybody and throwing punch at people because he was being jealous about some guy asking um, his date for like a drink and like, he was roiding out like at the dance. Who so, do you think yeah. made a bigger scene this week? Robbie at the dance or Harriet at the restaurant? Robbie. I think Robbie Robbie was raging all over the place. Harriet was just really angry. Harriet's putting random people's cigars out in their soup. Robbie threw a pool, a bunch a, a a bowl of punch at a guy at a kid. I don't know. Both pretty bad. Um yeah. I don't yeah. I don't condone either of their actions. So Spike shows up at this point too, and he tells uh, Caroline to go back inside. And when she goes back inside, he really starts to like take it to Robbie at this point too. like pushes him up against the locker and his uh, spikes get stuck into the locker and he gets right. kind of like, yeah, like right in his face about this whole well, thing. It's almost like an intervention thing. It's the it's the it's the it's the talking to that, like you give your good friend when they need help and you see it and they don't. And it's you know, he's like, you need to get your here's all the bad things you've done. You need to get this straightened out because you can't keep doing this. Yep. So. And that, what does he say? He's gonna like leave him there or something? Yeah, like, he's like, uh, you know, you know, at the end, Spikes or uh, Robbie's like, oh, so you're gonna help me get down? And Spikes like, no, I'm gonna leave you up here overnight. I'm gonna stay here with you, and I'm gonna watch these thoronoids wear off. Okay. And, or he's actually what he says is, I'm gonna watch these muscles fall off. So then we go back to uh, back to the house. Uh, Spike is bringing Robbie home at this point too, and Robbie's back to normal size. Like they've worn off. Like yeah, like we said, pretty fast overnight. Overnight. Um, and then. Uh, he really feel like Robbie really feels like he blew it with Caroline, which I mean, he did. Earl He's also got in. a huge giant hangover. Yeah, it is pretty much a giant hangover. Uh, and it's not from the punch, right? It's from the Thornoids. No, it's from the Thornoids. Okay. Uh, Earl comes in. Uh, Robbie apologizes to him as well, says that he did some stupid things. And Earl, um, I think Earl just kind of like asks him to move the fridge back at this point. Well, Earl's still scared of Robbie until he sees he doesn't have muscles. But yeah, Earl says, you know, can you help me move the fridge? Obviously, you know, Robbie can't. Yeah. So Spike Spike volunteers. Yeah, Robbie's like, well, I'll need some help to do it. And then Spike says, allow me. And then he opens it up, eats some ribs out of it. And he's like, what? I made it lighter. And that's that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. So on to our 930 slot, Camp Wilder, Season 1, Episode 17, Love Stinks is the name of this one. And we start off, we've got Brody and Dorfman. They're on the couch. They've got a project to do for school, and uh, they're trying to figure out what to do it on at this point. It's like, a, is it a sociology or a psychology project? Psychology. Psychology, psychology project. project, yep. And uh, Dorfman's like, well, why don't we just watch TV? And then that gives Brody the idea, all right, well, why don't we do this? We can take an intelligence, intelligence test. We can watch TV, TV for 24 hours. Then we can retake the test. And see if it has any effect on us. I like it. Yeah. And Dorfman's like, well, that's going to be really hard to do. But I guess two more hours won't kill me. So he's already watching like 22 <laughs> hours of TV right. at a time. Uh, theme song. We come back. Uh, Travis's nightmare has finally happened. We are at Ricky's work. <sighs> this whole episode was exactly what I don't like. Yeah. Yep. I knew it would be. Um, she j- is finishing up with like a group of kids. And then... Uh, I thought it was like a new guy that shows up, but I guess, I guess this guy was away for a while. Like wasn't there. When right. She new to us. He's, he's definitely new to us. But yeah, he, he used to work there and I was returned from some kind of, you know, scientific. What's his name? Max. Whatever. Is that his name? Max. Max. Max Barton. And uh, Max and Ricky start talking. You kind of tell that 
she likes him a little bit. Um, she's kind of looking at his muscles and stuff, and uh, she he's like tells some dumb joke about how, he, how he's got to return his submarine by four o'clock, and then uh, what happens here? He leaves, and then Fred comes in. Fred uh, is one another coworker. And we're Fred's just meeting. Like, we're just meeting all the coworkers today. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fred's like, don't, don't even do think it. about it. Don't go after him. He's a loner. And yeah. he tells a story about how Max had this, I don't know if it was more than a girlfriend, but had this love interest and he told her that he loved her. And then the next day she ran off with some jacket salesman. Well, yeah, um, like they they were together for three years, this couple, like Max and his girlfriend at the time. Was it was three years? Okay. Three years. Yeah, yeah. And then, but he couldn't tell her that he loved her. Like he couldn't get it out of him this whole time. And then eventually he gets it out. He says he loves her. And then she leaves him the next day. Okay. Um, then, uh, are we back at the house? Yeah, we're back at the den. Yeah. Brady, uh, Brody and Dorfman have kind of started to get the project rolling and then Danielle and Beth come in and they say they finished their project. It's this big, complicated psychology theory. Yeah, I didn't write it down either. No one in high school is actually doing, um, and then, then Ricky and Melissa, you kind of, they kind of cut to Melissa and Ricky who are talking about this office romance and everyone's like, don't do it. Do not date someone you work with. Bad idea. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Ricky kind of starts like fantasizing, like kind of like what it would be like to be with Max or whatever. Right, right, right. So we then go back to the office. Uh, Max and Ricky are talking a little more. It's getting, seems like a little more flirtatious. And Max asks Ricky, uh, is it okay for two people that work together to get involved? And of course, Ricky thinks immediately that Max is asking this question because she thinks Max likes her. Right. She initially, she's like, no, I think it's the wrong thing to do. And then she's like, but you know what? You only live once. Go for it. Do we see some other girl like go by his table at some point too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lisa, who is is part of this storyline, she is in there for a minute and she like hands him like he's, she's handing out the schedules for the day, the tour schedules for the day. So she is a part of this kind of broader storyline. So Max starts uh, thinking about asking out this girl, and Ricky thinks that well, like, yeah, yeah. Ricky thinks that he's talking about her. Like he's like, yeah, well, I think I might do it. And he's and she's like, yeah, you should really do it. And uh, what? I and that's it. And yeah. that's it. And he and he kind of like goes on his way. And then he goes right, out. Excuse, he goes out of the Ricky, room. Ricky leaves. Ricky leaves the room. And then Fred's there. Max starts talking to Fred. And Fred, you know, Matt, Fred is like, when are you? So when are you gonna ask her out? Uh, and Max is like, I really like this Lisa. I think I'm gonna ask her out. Fred's like Lisa, and everyone's kind of like surprised because everyone thought it was real. Uh, except me, I wasn't surprised. Well, no, because it's a sitcom. Yeah. So back of the house, Ricky is uh, talking to I think Beth and Danielle at this point too, and Beth is right. uh, Beth says that she should uh, ask him out, and Ricky's like, "I'm gonna do it," and that's kind of like because it's been a few days, and Ricky is expecting him to ask her out, and he hasn't yet, and so she's she's just she's trying to figure out what to do next. Yep. I feel like we're getting through this episode real fast. Uh, back in the office, uh, Ricky <laughs> and uh, Fred are talking once again, kind of like the flirtatious type talking again. Uh, Fred leaves. Uh, wait, not what am I talking about? Ricky and Fred are not talking flirtatiously. Ricky and Fred are talking about like what, like office dating or something at this point? Just yeah, just talking, I think. I didn't make a note of what they were talking about. Yeah, Fred leaves the room. Um, Max comes in. Max comes in. And she tries to ask him out, but uh, it 
she's unable to. It gets like real awkward and like nervous and stuff about. Asking. Yeah, she can't get the words. She can't get the words out. And so eventually, she's just like, "My penguin's sick. Can you come take a look at him?" Yeah, and she's like, "This is like her new trick. Like I'm gonna get him over to my house by saying my penguin's sick, and then I'll yeah. get him over and make him dinner or something." So I mean, I'd go to someone's house to see the penguin. Yeah, or for dinner, either one. Uh, next true. scene, Melissa and Ricky are talking once again about Max, uh, coming over and then Max shows up to check on what he thinks is checking on uh, the penguin. I guess maybe the penguin's a little sick or something at the same time. It's like she didn't completely lie. Well, what we find she... out. So, so yeah, he comes to check out the penguin and he actually does find that the penguin has like, you know, some inflammation or, you know, infection. Well, nothing, nothing serious. Something to take him back out with some medicine. But... Yeah. And this is where Ricky like offers him dinner. Like, even though she, of course she had already made it and everything, but uh, offers him to right. stay for dinner. And he's like, all right. So, we got that going on. Then we're back to Brody and Dorfman on that project. They're still watching TV. They're watching Gilligan's Island at this point, and we find out they only have six more hours to go, and they'll complete their full 24 hours. 18 and six to go. Uh, back to Marty and Ricky. They're on the couch. Uh, Ricky heads off to go get some... Max and Ricky. Ma- what did I say? Marty? Marty? Who's Max Marty? Anyone? Max. I don't have idea. Definitely wrote Marty. Uh, Ricky goes over to get some coffee for Max. Dorfman comes down at this point and pretends to be Brody because he says like, oh, are you uh, Ricky's brother? And then... Uh, well, he says you must be Brody and Dorfman's like, sure. Yeah. and then But I then starts to pretend that he is Brody and well, right. uh, warns Max about Ricky and uh, says that she's real <laughs> crazy. You need to stay away from her. Well, he says, you know, she's insane, right? And she's, he's like, she thinks that she used to be a nurse. Has she told you that she used to be a nurse? And, and Max is like, uh, well, yeah. He's like, yeah, she wasn't. And and kind of does all this, you know, BS to get him to go away. Go away, yeah. Um, Ricky comes back in at this point, too. Um, and then uh, Max thanks Ricky for bringing him back into the dating life. And then this is where she's like, oh, man, he does like me. It's like, it's getting serious. It's, I mean, they don't say this, but this is what you kind of gather that she's thinking and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he tells her that she was right sometimes you just have to say what the hell and go for it and then ricky says what the hell and then grabs max by the face and kisses him that's it um and max liked it but uh you can tell that uh but this is where he tells her that about the whole lisa thing too like i was yeah, he's like oh man i just asked out lisa today and she said yes sorry yeah. all that stuff it was about lisa and then uh then it gets real awkward he leaves and uh we go to the next scene probably after a commercial break where she's on the porch talking to uh rusty the penguin about her dating life yeah poor rusty have haven't heard all of the all the stuff uh ricky says but she does say she's like she's like a, oh, go ahead go ahead ricky says it was fun in a strange way and then as she's saying this max shows back up and max is like i was driving and all i could think about was that kiss and then they kiss again which is really awkward considering the fact that we all know that he still has to deal with this lisa person yep and uh he says you did such a good job uh getting Lisa and I together, you think you could call her and cancel our date? <laughs> That's it. That's <sighs> the end of the episode. Credit scene. Brody and Dorfman are on the couch. They finish their 24 hours of TV. Beth and Danielle have graded their IQ tests, and they uh, both have been discovered to have the IQ of a Border Collie. And then uh, they're like, one Border Collie? And then they're like, no. Two? All right. But I always thought Border well, Collies I was were super smart. 
I was surprised that nobody made any comments that they both had, you know, normal, you know, high performing IQs to begin with, including Dorfman. But I guess that wasn't important. I don't know why they didn't pick a dumber dog. I mean, a smart border collie is still a lot dumber than a human. Maybe not Dorfman. Well, Dorfman seems to be an intelligent dude. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's our uh, TGIF for this week. Uh, I ranked them, but I'm actually changing two of them. I I wrote something down when I watched them last night, but I'm switching two of these around. So in a number four. I don't even know. Go ahead. In a number four, I've got Dinosaurs. Three, Camp Wilder. Two, Family Matters. And one, Step by Step. Although, I don't think any of the episodes were that good this week. None were that strong. I'm definitely going to put Camp Wilder at four. This is the exact kind of episode that I don't want to see from Camp Wilder. Um, you know, I probably am going to put... Probably going to put Family Matters at three, Dinosaurs at two, and Step by Step at one. Yeah, it's weird. So, like, what I changed... Last night when I wrote it down, I had Family Matters as my number one, and then I switched it with Step by Step. But I don't know why I liked it last night and not as much when I was talking about it today. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Gwendolyn character. I'll just say that she's not my not my favorite. Yeah. So, all right. Um, um, yeah, that's it for TGIF this week. Uh, what do we got coming up next week? Yeah, uh, full week next week. So that's going to be where did my list go? Here it is. That's going to be Family Matters season four, episode seventeen. Step by Step season two, episode eighteen. Dinosaur season three, episode sixteen, and Camp Wilder episode one, season eighteen. You know, we only have two episodes of Camp Wilder left. This one and the next one, and that's it. Two more. That's it. Two more. And we have them both. Uh, we have them both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have them both. Uh, so we'll finish it out. You know, I guess they introduced the love interest and everyone's like, no, I'm done with the show. See you later. Uh, no, it's they introduced but, her at work and everyone's done. with. That's it, what right? I mean. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 All that stuff. No one cares uh, about that. No thanks again that. to sad face for the uh, theme song this week. Yeah. Thanks. Sad face. Oh, I did want to mention one thing. Uh, Luis messaged us about this, but I had also seen it too, because I keep getting served this ad um, on, I don't know, Hulu, YouTube, wherever it is, but Reginald Val Johnson's in a new progressive ad. Where I've seen the like, commercial. Like I have the TV dad commercial. So it's fun. It's a cool little commercial. Yeah. Check it out. And Google also, uh, I guess we should mention nineties con announced uh, another full house reunion for uh, this year. We, uh, we yeah. don't know if we're going yet, but they've got a, uh, what Kimmy, DJ, Stephanie, and Uncle Joey. Joey. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's in Connecticut. Uh, and Clueless. I don't know if we mentioned that they had the, they announced the Clueless one too. It's it's kind of based do. more on the movie, but it's got There's two a, or three of the yeah. people from the show that were also in the movie. Yeah. So so we don't know if we're going yet or not, but we'll keep you guys updated. To let yeah. you know. Um. Thanks to Sad Face. We do have another theme. That was a new one. And we have another new one next week too. We got two in this week, so Sweet. that's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, cool. follow us on all social media at TGIFcast. email us TGIFcast at gmail.com and like Travis said we'll be back next week with a full week of new episodes yes we will have a good week Steve you got it dude it's Friday night and the mood is right we gotta have some fun show you how it's done TGIF TGIF podcast